Welcome to Speakernomics, the official podcast of the National Speakers Association, brought to you by Leadership Books. I'm Kenneth Kinney, but friends call me Shark. And like you, I am a professional speaker, and I love listening to Speakernomics. It's the professional speaker show that will help you thrive and grow a speaking business so you too can change the world one keynote session workshop and speech at a time. And even, of course, if you talk to today's guest. And on today's episode, we're going to dive deeper with Dr. Nadia Zhizhambayeva. Nadia is an author, educator, and business owner. She's written four and contributed to six books about business strategy, reinvention, and sustainability. Nadia, welcome to Speakernomics. How are you today? I'm good. So happy to be here with you, Shark. Absolutely. Now, to all my speaking friends, how do you go about dealing with the turbulent waters of this business? How do you keep from being stale in a sea of sameness? If you look over the port side, it might just be the time to steer the ship in another direction and reinvent what's not working for you to what's working. So, Nadia, before we jump in, make sure to go to speakernomics.com. That's where you can find the tips, insights, and knowledge to help you become a better speaker, build a better business, and get paid to speak. Nadia, I remember seeing you speak at Thrive last year. This was in 2023. An amazing session. You had such a great talk. But one of the, I pulled so much out of this, out of your speech then, that I'm relating to the conversation today and what I've seen from your TEDx talks and things like that. But you often talk about companies and brands and needing to reinvent themselves every three and a half years. Yes. Apply and modify that through the lens of personal brands for speakers, you know, not complete overhaul, of course, but how would you recommend someone looking at their keynotes, speaking topics and, and all the things? Absolutely. So, yes, I am a first and foremost a recovering academic, a former scientist. You never go former. You keep doing research. And at Reinvention Academy, we still do research on the speed of change and ability of companies and individuals to not just survive the perpetual turbulence, but thrive in it. And in that sense, a lot of my keynotes are about the move from relatively stable economic environment to a very volatile, very stormy, using the sea analogies, very stormy environment. And living in a relatively stable, predictable world has different set of rules of success compared to living in perpetually volatile and perpetually turbulent world where we are right now. So we as speakers, first and foremost, need to understand that this is the new world. And in that new world, our job as a speaker, whether you are more on a science, data, research site, or edutainment, combination of education and entertainment, or you are more full-on entertainment type of speaker, wherever you are on that scale, which all of them are highly needed, very valuable, and create real benefit for your audience, you need to understand that your audience is a new space. It's a new headspace. It's a new financial space. It's a new organizational space. Because this perpetual turbulence means that people are a little bit more stressed. People are understanding that any solution you offer them is very short-lived because the shelf life of today's solution is very, very, very short. And therefore, your job is to stay relevant and have an ear to the ground to understand the context in which your company or your nonprofit or your individual audience member is 
present right now? Where are they with their mind? So in that sense, as a speaker, you do need to reinvent. Does it mean that you need to reinvent your brand all the time? I wouldn't say so. A lot of our research shows that we obsess over what needs to change. We obsess over change management side of reinvention, but we don't spend equally enough time on continuity management. So change management versus continuity management. What is the red thread that connects through all of your reinventions? And it could be your brand. You might be in a topic or in a particular approach to things. So for example, everyone knows that I am very, very heavy on science. So any topic I'll talk about, science will be front and central, data would be front and central. Even if I bring in humor there or personal stories, I'm very, very heavy on science and that brand stays with me, whatever I talk about. You can choose a topic, you can choose a methodology, edutainment versus science versus uh, entertainment versus anything else. You can choose anything else that is very unique and stable to you, but it doesn't need to be brand that is reinvented. What needs to be reinvented is your approach, your topic relevance, and also big topic that you discussed and I discussed before we started the recording is having your own resilience tuned in in terms of having plan B, C, and D, multiple sources of income and so on. As a speaker, you need to start thinking differently about your business. And you said red thread, which every time somebody says that Tamsin Webster gets her wings. So that's a, a shout out to Tamsin. One of the things too from Thrive at the time I spoke to you right after Thrive in San Antonio is you didn't call yourself a professional speaker then. Yeah. And you killed it and the reviews were great. And now you're a member of NSA. So welcome to the NSA family. What made you jump on the train? Well, I still don't think of myself as a full-time professional speaker. I own a group of companies and in different companies, I have a different priority and business model and so on. But I do think that speaking and taking it to the professional level and really think of it as a stream in my profession has done a lot for me in the last couple of years. And it's time to give it attention and time and thoughtfulness it deserves. And of course, being a member of NSA is one of the ways to stay connected to the network, understand the trends and be able to upgrade my own skills on a regular basis. So would I say that that's my first and foremost identity, professional speaker? No. Is it part, a significant part of what I've done in 2023? Absolutely. Surprisingly, we really boosted our stream of income from the professional speaking fees and we continue to do so this year. We already are quite heavy in January with bookings. So it's an interesting conversation also in the diversify your stream of income point of view. So yes, you need to have a stream of income in terms of speaking, but maybe you have added to that an online course or a, a completely different type of business that creates stability for you. In my case, it was the other way around. I had other businesses and speaking adds to my resilience, to my plan B, to my ability to navigate the stormy, stormy waters in which we live. One of the things that I'll I'll give you a lot of credit on as well, after seeing you present there at NSA, I've seen you, you know, some of your TEDx talks, I've seen what you did with a webinar not that long ago, but 
obviously, as you mentioned, you do a lot of research within your company. Mm -hmm. How do you go about really translating that research to where it resonates with an audience? And the reason I say that is I just gave some guidance to a gentleman yesterday who is speaking at a conference and he wanted me to help him with his slides. Uh So we get together on Zoom and he pulls up his slides and he has about a half hour and he's, uh, it was a, a short session and he's got 51 slides. I was like, wait, it was so much data overload. However, he had some great points in there, but with somebody who does bring so much research, and I, I saw it, I think one of the things that helped me resonate with your your session as well as you had so many ocean references, so it clicked in my brain, but how do you translate that research into what an audience is going to hear and understand without it being too much? Mm-hmm. Well, I think... We as passionate content driven professionals, that's as a speaker, you have a message. We tend to get overexcited and we tend to overfeed our audience to the point that they are in food coma and they cannot digest anything we say. So one of the things that I do all the time is I put together and draft and then I start to removing things. It's very important for me, even if I think that I have it trimmed down to just be diligent and trim it down a lot more. It helps for me, of course, I have years and years of executive career. And when you're presenting to the board, to the bank, you learn very quickly how much is too much and how much is not enough. So that is more of experience than a theoretical checklist that I can give to you. But essentially, I stick with a kind of data digest, data digest format. So give a piece of data and then find a way to help the audience ask themselves a question. So what? So what? What does it mean for me? So don't pile up five pieces of data. If you're presenting a piece of data, for example, we study the speed of change and how often do companies reinvent. And I'll give you a piece of data for for the research we just started in 2024. And so far, based on the early responses we have from January, about 200 people only, usually we get multiple thousands. But the first sample shows that right now, 23% of companies are reinventing every year or less. That is a crazy speed. That's almost a quarter of all businesses reinventing faster than the budgetary cycle. That is a big piece of data. After this, you need to give your audience time to ask yourself, what does it mean for me? So, for example, if my competitors are reinventing faster than every 12 months, what do I need to do to stay relevant? If my customers are reinventing faster than once a month, how should my product and process and pricing stay relevant so that they don't leave me because there's no such thing as customer loyalty anymore? If my suppliers are reinventing faster than once a year, what does it mean for the disruptions I should be expecting? Because, you know, in the process of reinvention, mess happens. So maybe they cannot deliver on time. Maybe their pricing will change. And how do I prepare? So you need to 
punctuate the data points with a way for people to translate. And that could be asking them questions, giving them a story, giving them a case, an illustration. But having this room to digest makes a big, big difference. And of course, all the principles that you learn from uh, the basic structure of a presentation. So stick with one piece of data or three pieces. So on a slide, one data point or three big points, but no more than that. Do not show them a slide where you know you cannot see anything from far and you you have 25 pieces of data that you just oh my god and you go to roll your eyes and you're out so stay trimmed down one two three i usually don't do more than that in a single slide punctuate it with a lot of time to digest and translate what does it mean for me what does it as an audience member what what am i supposed to do with that piece of data how do i translate it to my life it's something for all of us to learn. I remember it was a couple of years ago, Jay Bayer saw me speak, Hall of Fame speaker in NSA. Great Jay Bayer saw me speak, and I asked him afterwards, you know, what'd you think? He said it was great, but it was just too much. And I went back and looked, and it, it he couldn't have, like, hit me in the gut with a smile any nicer. Yeah. And I went back and looked, and I was like, I had just a ridiculous amount of slides, so I started pulling back and again, sort of using the Jerry Seinfeld analogy where you take a joke and get it down to just as few words as possible. And, yeah. and then, you know, obviously build around with, with stories, but I thought it was great. So another question with reinvention mm -hmm. that also comes with a lot of change, yeah. change in people at companies, yeah. they often get reinvented out, if you will. Yes. How do you stay relevant to the brands that hire you because you've worked with a lot of brands. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, I've seen this, especially pre-COVID to now, where they weren't anywhere near the same brand that hired me three, four years ago. And I think that was one of the most interesting things about COVID. It wasn't that you were trying to re-engage with ABC or XYZ brand. It was trying to re-engage and find out who is working at, at the event planner now that wasn't there three, four years ago. Sure. So for me, it has been very important to build brand and reputation that is beyond any one organization or any one person. And remember that people come and go, but if you created value for them and made their life easy, let's add that one too. Not just you created value for them, but made their life easy. They will take you to the next employer and they will propose you as a speaker wherever they land. So that happens through visible part, which is I'm very present on LinkedIn and I try to create value with content on LinkedIn. So when that event planner or that decision maker is pitching you to their approval body, you need to make it very easy for them. So your website needs to be relevant and on point. Your presence on LinkedIn or wherever else you show up needs to be relevant and on point so that they have all the ammunition to say, this is a person who will not fail us. Look at here, here, and here. It's a continuous presence and quality. My husband keeps reminding me because he's a big lover of American football. He says, somebody in football says, the best ability is availability. You just need to show up. So 
you can be a genius, but if you are flaky and inconsistent, nobody cares if you can make that path once in a blue moon. It's better not to be a genius, but show up consistently. And that is a big effort to, in a public arena, to make it very easy for that person to make a decision. And if that person left the event management company for the remainder team who doesn't know you personally, to have all the ammunition necessary, your website on point, your LinkedIn on point, everything is speaking to the fact that you're high quality, you're reliable and you will show up. But there's also behind the scenes, and that's where making it easy for people comes in. What I'm seeing is when I'm talking to event managers, conference organizers, corporate decision makers, and you name people and with certain speakers, the immediate reaction, oh, that's a pain in the ass. Oh my sure. God, contracting with that person is just, they will drive you crazy. Don't be that. Don't be that. It's very simple. Don't be a diva. Make it super easy. We're not there to be stars of the show. The audience is the star of the show. And the decision maker is putting their personal job and reputation on the line contracting you. They made the bet on you to show up on stage and deliver the value so that when the audience member leaves that stage, that hall, that wherever you're presenting, they say, whoever, let's say Mary hired it, Mary, that was a great job. I'll tell you, yesterday I delivered a paid virtual keynote to a German company. And we had every kind of problem with that keynote. It's a 90-minute session. In the first 20 minutes, everything was collapsing on the technological end and so on. We finally figured it out in the worst kind of way. Like in the middle of a keynote, I'm sending a PDF version of the presentation to the person. And they're changing the slides. So I have to say next slide every two seconds, which the worst experience. But because we made it so high value, Half of the thank yous at the end of the keynote was to organizers. Thank you for bringing the speaker. Thank you for contracting it. The best session we had in years. La, 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 la. So it's not about you. I'm sorry. It's about the job of the person who put their name on the line to bring you in. And ultimately, it's about the audience member who left with tangible value in a better place than you found them. So just don't make it difficult for anyone. Then you will be hireable again and again because you have that reputation behind the scenes as well. You mentioned football. Would you be open to me introducing you to the Dallas Cowboys? Because we've been reinventing for several decades and nothing seems to work. So I think maybe you could come in and help fix them some. Well, they're the American team, right? And uh, everyone waits for them to fully embody that. Let's put it that way. But um, absolutely. All right. Well, question I want to ask you came from a previous guest. Mm -hmm. What technology tool are you using to run your business that not a lot of speakers might not be aware of or even know about? Mm Mm-hmm. I'll speak about the technology tool, which is Kajabi. But before I say anything, let me explain why this tool. And you know this because we had a little bit of a chat beforehand. I truly believe as a speaker in today's volatile environment, in the speed of change I just mentioned, in many other pieces of data that keep showing that disruption is here to stay, that this perpetual turbulence is now a weekly event, not a every 10 years event. In that world, you need to be prepared to have additional sources of income if your main source of income gets disrupted. 
remember the COVID years. You might have had a full calendar booked and COVID stole all of that. And on top of the immediate, you know, whatever weeks period that was in isolation, it also created such uncertainty for people who are decision makers in companies that they actually refused to make any decisions long after any restrictions were gone because they were just not sure, will it be this, will it be that, how do we move it forward and so on. So it was not a two months reaction, it was multi-year impact that took us years to come back to business as usual. So in that environment, what's important is to have plan B, C, and D. And for us, that plan D came in the form of online courses. So I took a course on how to produce online courses and I don't get any money for this. This is not a plug. I just love her. Amy Porterfield is my girl. I studied with her. She allowed us to be very successful in the online digital courses world. And the solution I use for that part of my business, and we then migrated our website to it and our mailing list, our newsletter, everything. I use Kajabi. I love Kajabi specifically because it's integrated. Before that, my website was on WordPress. We would pay separately for plugin to accept online payments. We would pay separately on MailChimp to send out our newsletter. It was all disintegrated. It was breaking on a regular basis and the data was not transitioning. So I wouldn't know if the person gets our email, do they actually go and see our website or not? Now I can trace all of that. I can see where people are going. I see which links they click. I see, I can edit my website without a designer in a matter of two seconds. So I'm a big fan of Kajabi. I do not recommend it as just a website builder or just a, it's too expensive for that. But if you are thinking about building a more resilient business model and you're considering any digital products, it could be digital books, it could be selling digital courses, it could be selling coaching. I do love Kajabi and I highly recommend it. Well, to that point, as somebody with a heavy MarTech and digital marketing background, I stress, oh, I probably have at least one conversation a day reminding people to integrate systems and not, I'm so sick of plugins now yeah. that don't talk to each other and it's it's a mess. So what question though, would you like to ask a future guest on this show? Well, since I am a specialist in preparing yourself for a highly perpetually disrupted world, I would love to hear the next speaker to speak about that. What are you doing to make your speaking business more resilient and more disruption proof? Maybe it's additional sources of income, maybe something in your brand, but what are you doing to make your speaking business more disruption proof and more resilient in our perpetually turbulent world? Fantastic. Well, let's do a quick recap based on Nadia's advice and takeaways. One, it's a reminder to build out your course and let your speaking amplify that. I love the, the way that she's built out her model. Two, when we're talking about how much data to put in and how much research, don't get overexcited and don't overfeed your audience. Trim it down. Make that point quickly, just like you're talking to an executive. Not a commercial, but not the whole show always either. Data digest the format. Put a piece of data in there and then help the audience ask, so what? Number three, build your brand and reputation beyond what any one person. Loved all, all of that. But Nadia, any closing thoughts before we say goodbye or at least say sell bull? <laughs> yes, of course, Mike. Shout out to all my friends in Kazakhstan. 
I absolutely appreciate it. And to anyone listening in Kazakhstan, in our case, I think we are living in a very purpose-driven profession. Speakers make a massive, massive difference. And the first thing that I want to encourage you all is to ask yourself, what in my speaking business is that red thread, that unchangeable, uncompromisable essence of who I am and what I bring to the world? And then let go of everything else. Allow yourself to reinvent your topics, your brand, your presence, anything that is not that red thread. But to make sure you are able to reinvent, to allow yourself to play with things that should be played with and let go of or introduced. First, get very rooted in your own red thread. That will serve you for many, many years. Fantastic. Well, friends, make sure to join us at speakernomics.com and let your voice be heard. Thank you to Nadia. Thank you to Leadership Books for sponsoring this episode of Speakernomics. And I am Kenneth Kinney, your host of the National Speakers Association's podcast, Speakernomics. And this has been another fantastic episode of the show. To everyone listening, thank you for the privilege of your time. And remember, Speakernomics is the podcast where you'll learn to speak, get paid, repeat. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.